Did you guys know that today, March 1st, is Ohio's 217th birthday? Yeah, does a bear shit in the woods? Of course I fucking knew that. You did not know that. <laughs> you did not know <laughs> You did not know that. You didn't even know March 1st is a brewery. Did you say 216th? Because on here you put 217th. I did say 217th. 217. Yeah. We've been around for 200. We've been a state for 217 years. Yeah. 1803, you're right. Wait, wouldn't that be 218, 2021? It's 2021. Yeah. I don't know. I'm that pretty sure it's 217. Oh my god! I don't you know. Can't even do math. We're a birthday. It's a birthday. It is a birthday. I, I remember I, when the bicentennial was a big deal. It doesn't even matter the year. It's been a long time. You it's get been that a high of a number. You're just I mean, 200 back, plus years. Back I then, can drink. I don't, no one needs to know about my age anymore. That's how I feel like old people are like. Is that how you're like, Zach? Hey, I'm not even 30 yet. Cut me some <laughs> slack. Uh, Knocking back, on the door. Back then, though, I mean, the population of Ohio was only 60,000. It's an 11.5 million, probably more than that now. Do we but, have 60,000 uh, breweries at this point? We've it have, seems like there's one popping up every other corner. We have over 300 breweries at this point, um, have had seven presidents from Ohio, seven World Series from Ohio, four NFL championships, 17 college football national championships, if we're counting all of them. Damn it. If three, we were just beaten Georgia, we could have claimed another three one. Three <laughs> college, national college basketball championships, and Jack Nicholas, of course. So, Are you happy really birthday, Are you taking Ohio. one of Ohio State's national championships away? How many did you say? I said 17. Oh, 17. Sorry. And I, I, told, I said I'm counting all of them. Okay. I'll go, I'm going all the way back. Oh, wow. Okay. Wait, wait. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. counting Division One. Where's Mountain Union in this? Uh, you're, you're right. You're right. Or Youngstown State? I didn't do few. the Monsters Championships or the yeah. Cyclones Kelly Cup. Nope. So. No Calder Cup. Welcome in to another edition of 30 Rack Sports. We back, guys. We back. Like spring training baseball in Arizona. Like the wonderful, slightly warmer Ohio weather. We're back. It is... Ohio's birthday, guys. It is March 1st, 2021. We are 30 Rackers Sports, Ohio's sports and beer podcast. We're not sure how many years 2021 has been since 1803. Oh, we're exactly sure. Josh is the only one. We'll get an intern on that math. What, 216, 217, I think, were the two numbers. 218. I know. I I trust your math. Yeah, I mean, 21 minus 3, add 200. (laughs) I don't know. That, that might just be me. But aside of debating how old Ohio is, we're also, we've also got a lovely beer from March 1st Brewing that we're drinking uh, today in honor of Ohio's birthday and Bachfest coming up this weekend. In Very Cincinnati. festive. Very festive. Uh, we're talking about some college QBs. There was an uh, article about the top 60 college QBs talking some Cavs. We're on a nice little run right now. And then talking about baseball. Baseball is coming back. We're ooh, trying to get ooh. you prepped. What rules have changed? What rules haven't changed? What's going on in baseball, really? Uh, we'll let you know. But first, for the introductions, to my right is a guy who's a little blue after an 0-3 mm. week for his Ohio State Buckeyes. Rough, man. No gold jerseys for you. None. I guess they have the gold jerseys yeah, now. Yeah, they have the gold, gold jerseys now. Yeah. I don't know why you hit the cop. But so looking very blue. It was shit motivation, obviously. Oh, no, I'm not, I wasn't even upset about that one. Iowa last night was just the fucking... Well, Michigan State, too. Yeah, Michigan but State I, have, I have some built-in stuff for the Michigan, but that... Right. Yeah. 
Wow. We've Iowa got, was rough. We've got Zach on the right, and then on the left, we've got the man on the ones and twos. A guy who's a little red in the face after just screaming at the Cincinnati Reds to make moves to the last three months that they still have not made. It's our producer, Josh. Josh, how are you feeling about this Reds team? Uh, you, you had a comment about turning on notifications in the last 24 hours. How's that going for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, Reds notifications are back on, uh, and they've been on for, I think, a little over 24 hours now. Silence, and I right? think there's been, no, there's been about 16 notifications for the other team scoring. Oh, we're talking about, but... But uh, no, yeah. like we're back, no baby. Kyle, yeah. Kyle Farmer for NL MVP at shortstop. I don't know. I'm feeling bold. <laughs> bold takes. Terrible takes. That's Have you considered terrible. getting a good sh- or a shortstop to play shortstop? At all? I've considered it, sure. Okay. All right. Has, has the Reds front office? Ah, no. And then finally, with the blue, with the red, someone's got to be the Bob Ross of this show to put everything together and make some happy little trees put this show together my name's greg i am the talent so we are 30 rack of sports ohio sports and beer podcast guys we've got a march 1st brew to drink and i'm very excited about it yeah let's uh if you're so talented let's let's hear those headlines with greg spring has sprung at least for spring training in baseball as the reds and the tribe Got their Cactus League season started yesterday in a 5-1 to one victory for the Indians as both teams get ready for their April 1st openers with the Tribe heading to Detroit and the Reds welcoming St. Louis just one month from today. As the weather's heating up, so are the Cavs, who have now won three straight after snapping a tough 10-game losing streak. Jared Allen has been a monster these last seven games, averaging 18-13 and 13 on 67% from the field. Unfortunately, as the Cavs heat up, the Jackets have cooled down, dropping their last five games and falling well out of the playoff chase at just 8, 10, and 5 this year. And finally, guys, we are less than two weeks away from Selection Sunday as a wild college basketball regular season wraps up. Most bracketologists see four Ohio teams in the field, but with Xavier on the bubble and the Mac and Horizon tournaments still deciding the fates of teams such as Toledo, Akron, Cleveland State, and Wright State, there are still a ton of tense moments to be dealt with in Ohio on the hardwood. Guys, those are your OH headlines. Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's Guys, our beer of the week for this week, as we mentioned, is from March 1st Brewing in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, on the north edge, kind of near your Blue Ash, uh, Sharonville area. Um, we are drinking their Heller Bach, as it is Bachfest in Cincinnati. Uh, Bachfest starting this weekend. Not quite the typical fanfare, but uh, a lot of breweries across the city still serving their box. So go out, support your local uh, you know, small breweries, and uh, try out their box, because all across Cincinnati, it's Bachfest. It's Bachfest, baby, and uh, there are a lot of different types of box out there, actually, and we'll do some uh, edumacation later on in our uh, in Zach's beer segment, but uh, this, oh. is a, this is a Heller Bach, uh, as a, you can tell by the name. And is the, it, like, satanic? Like, is no. it going to make me, like, I'm trying to figure out what's up with this Heller Bach. The Heller Bach is actually a bit more of a drinkable. A light Bach? Yeah, kind of a light Bach, but it's a little more hoppier and not Everybody as malty. Heller is German for light. Yeah. I well 
Oh, come on. That was going to be my, like... <laughs> I took German in high school, like, fun fact. But no okay, one cares what you did that. in high school. 6.2%... Average 13 and 10 on the basket. 6.2% <laughs> alcohol, though, so it's still that same heavy characteristic of a Bach. Um, it's still heavy, but not as malty and a little bit hoppier. The Hellerbach is usually what you would see if, you know, Bachfest was happening. It's that more... It's kind of like the fest beer version of a Bach. Yeah, I, I would say color-wise, it's got more of that like Oktoberfest color, more of that like that lighter brown caramel. Yeah, kind yeah. of color where a lot of the Bachs that I see, like your standard Bachs, are more like a dark brown to black color. So yeah. you can definitely tell it's a little bit, you know, just lighter in its color as far as drinkability. It or seems. you know, brighter. Heller is brighter in German, so. Mr. German guy. I know. There. I just. You're stealing Greg's German class thunder. <laughs> but the traditional box, you are right. Google they're, it, bitch. No. They're darker, they're sweeter, they're stronger, and they're more of the multi characteristic. Mm. But this one, I really like this one, actually. It's got the just enough hops in it to mm. where it's drinkable. It's a, a little lighter, I guess, usually drinkability not a wise. Guy, to be honest, but I like this one. Yeah, I'm usually yeah. not a Bach guy either, but. I yeah, I don't really know. Like I've it. had Genesee Bach before, and I was. Ooh, not a huge there fan. you go. That's a man's drink right there. But yeah, uh, really good. Uh, March 1st, obviously named for the Ohio birthday on March 1st. So very festive and Bachfest next week. I'll have more on Bachfest and the What's Brewing at the end of the show. Guys, too. have you ever heard the uh, alternative uh, history of why they call it a Bach beer? I have not. So back in the day, during <laughs> Lenten season, uh, the monks were supposed to fast during the day. So, you know, could not eat during the day. So instead, they would brew a heavier beer to kind of fill their stomachs during the during the day. Didn't you? Okay, I think you did this last <laughs> last year too. It's a once a year. It's a once a year story for our new viewers, for our new listeners slash viewers. So, what happened one day is someone had enjoyed a little bit of a too much of a Bach beer, and one of the monks had stumbled. And the other monks asked, "Well, why did you stumble?" And the guy said. It was the beer, it was the beer. And they were like, no, it was Ein Bach. It was the sheep that you tripped over. But it was actually the beer. So they've called it Ein Bach, the sheep, the beer. There's actually a more technical reason for why it's called that, but... I like the sheep story better. I do too. And that's the end of Greg's story. I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't fit in a Bach there, though. Oh. Bach. Quick sips. So ESPN staff writer Bill Connolly decided, let's rank the top 60. I don't know why he decided on 60. Seems arbitrary. Why don't you do 50? Yeah. Top 60 quarterbacks since 2000, but also included quarterbacks that played before 2000, just if you're, the end of your college career right. was after 2000. I mean, Carson Seems Palmer. Fair. Oh, Carson Palmer. So uh, Bill Connolly made this list. Uh just to give you some of the highlights, the top five, uh, I'm sure you've heard of him, uh, current Browns starting quarterback, former Texas Tech and Oklahoma Sooner, Baker Mayfield at number one, uh, Cam Newton from Auburn at two, Vince Young, Texas at three, Tim Tebow from Florida at four, and then former Ohio State quarterback also at LSU. And I, I Does he still play for the Bengals? I don't know. He missed a little bit of time. Joe Burrow, they haven't traded him yet? Not yet, no. Okay, at five. 
Um, also, to give you some of the other highlights from Ohio, former Browns Colt McCoy and Johnny Manziel at 12 and 13. Uh, former Bengal, Bengal Carson Palmer. He was number one overall in 03 at 21. Uh, Big Ben, the pride of Miami, Ohio at 26. Uh, Justin Fields at 27. Troy Smith, Heisman winner at 31. Brady Quinn, also another former Brown, at 43. And then just coming in at number 59, the Red Rifle himself, Andy Dalton. Guys, quick thoughts on this list overall. Zach, you want to start? <laughs> I don't know. I think um, there's so many things to think about this list. I think by the time he got to the top five, he was just like, fuck it. Like Whatever his grading rubric was throughout, he just got tired no, I, I think and was just like, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't I hate the list. It doesn't grading, add up. I think he had a grading rubric, and then was just kind of like, ah, these are my top five guys. I'll get to them later. And then at the end was like... But I mean, you know, Cam Newton played like a year. Yeah. And then, you know, you got like Baker, who you have to be giving it for like the longevity, right? right? I understand why. But it's also like Tim Tebow had a long career. No, I agree. It's Joe Burrow had a mediocre year and then a good year. So it's like... Basically one year. five? Basically like, one year. Yeah. And then, I don't know, like... Yeah, you got Troy Smith at 31. Whatever. You know, he knocks him, though, for getting whooped by Florida. Fair. That's why he fell. And then right after him at 30 is Jason White, who got his ass handed to him by LSU in the national championship game. So I'm like, huh? And at 27 is Justin Fields. Oh, I know. And then you got Fields up there who didn't even play. Not, not knocking, but, but I mean, he had one a year and a half. And yeah. no, no, it yeah, just well, doesn't. But I mean, also, like, Alabama was always in control of that game. So it's like. Right. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, yeah, I mean, no, no. Oh, I agree. He got his ass up. Didn't win a Heisman either. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's all over the place. I don't know. And, where I mean, going. if you're going to knock Troy Smith for losing a game very badly, Texas A&M lost a ton of games badly. And in, even in Johnny's, what, redshirt sophomore year, they played Duke in the Cotton Bowl. I, oh, or yeah. Some, I don't even think it was the Cotton Bowl. It might have been the Alamo Bowl. Something shitty like that. So, it's like... Well, that guy had a crappy team, but then also you hurt some players for being on crappy teams, hurt players for being on good teams. It's I mean, kind of all over the place. You throw Mac Jones at 35 after like one year, you know, ahead of, I mean, crap, ahead of Landry Jones, who threw for 16,000 freaking yards at yeah. Oklahoma, 123 touchdowns, 52 interceptions. I don't know. There's a like, lot of them that are all over the place. Like that's the what Troy I mean, Smith just, one, oh. I don't agree with him knock, like making all those good points about him and then knocking him just for that Florida game. But then there's also things like Carson Palmer is at 21, but then Russell Wilson is behind him, not by much, but at 24. Russell Wilson threw 109 touchdowns and only 30 interceptions. Carson Palmer only threw 72 touchdowns, but 49 interceptions. Right. I mean, I mean Quinn's at 43, and he was like a great college, but like they upset USC oh, yeah, I and think whatnot. There's some like NFL stuff going here. Like Aaron Rodgers is on the list, which is shocking to me because, I mean, I feel like he was the guy when I remember coming out, it wasn't so much the stats he put up on the field. It was a lot of like, the, it, it wasn't a great quarterback class to begin with. It was kind yeah. of the potential there. I mean, 5,400 passing yards. I don't know. I didn't think that was... Mahomes was in the 50s, and, like... Matt Barkley's... Oh, come on. I mean, but Matt Barkley's threw for 12,000 yards. That's my point. Matt Barkley is behind Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers threw for 5,400 yards. Matt Barkley threw like, for 12,000. It's like, are you going... If you're going best season, then you would do best seasons of all time. If you're okay, doing best yeah, career, then it's fair. like, 
Matt Barkley should be higher up. I would say Big Ben should be higher up, even though he played in the MAC. He was, I mean, like Miami of Ohio hasn't been the same since he left. I mean, okay, here's here's a great one. <laughs> Anybody remember old Brad Banks from Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> Three, for thirty one hundred yards in his, you know, or I guess they're only counting the years in the two thousand. Still, two years, thirty one hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, seven picks. Uh, never heard of Brad Banks. <laughs> And he's at fifty. Yeah, he's, he's ten it, spots into the list. Basically, the only Isn't point he above Pat Mahomes. Then he's yeah. He's, I'll list the quarterbacks: Keenan Reynolds. I don't even know if he should be on the list, but okay. Joey what? Harrington, uh, Mason Rudolph, Pat Mahomes. <laughs> four spots ahead of Pat Mahomes. Even Todd Reesing. I'm like, really? Well, I would say Keenan Reynolds is one that I'm okay because he set a record for like rushing touchdowns in a year. No, I said like, like okay, yeah. like I'm okay with. He played a long time. We well, all like know. I said but Joey Harrington, like Joey Harrington, Matt Barkley, Aaron. He's ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson. His only reason for putting Zach Brad Wilson. Banks. No, I know, really but look, is... Zach Wilson's one. You know, two years roughly, seventy six hundred yeah. yards. His point on Brad Banks is basically that he was in the Heisman uh, conversation with Carson Palmer. He was a runner-up to Carson Palmer that year. Which, really? I mean, I guess. And it was but, one season? Okay, one season. I might give him a little more credit. Yeah, 3,100 yards. I don't know. I don't it's know. a crazy list. Any last thoughts, guys? Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those lists where it's like you have to have a criteria. And if you don't have a criteria, it comes with one of these things where it's like Baker's one who had a great career. Maybe not even the best career of all of these quarterbacks. And then Newton's two that had one good year. And then it's like... All over the place. And then you get some guys, you get the professional bias. Some guys get zero professional bias. That's why Tebow's at four and Johnny's at 13. I mean, he and basically even. You're all over the place everywhere. He basically right. even says in the intro to this article that he didn't have any kind of rubric or any kind Woke of. Woke up like, and made a list. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we're into our second quick sip. We're talking a little bit of Cavs basketball, the Cleveland Cavaliers, three straight wins after dropping 10 straight. So they are 14th out of 15 teams in the East, but are 4-0 versus the 76ers and the Nets, who are the one and two seeds in the East. So I guess beat the best teams and then lose to everybody else. So who knows? During this run, uh, Colin Sexton has been on fire. Over 25 points a game. Darius Garland, 17 and a half points, nine assists. Jared Allen, 17 and a half points, 14 rebounds per game. Has Ooh, been an absolute monster. Buddy. So, Josh, these Cavs, maybe starting to find their way a little bit. Maybe sneaking their way into like a 12 seed by the end of the year. Yeah, they're maybe sneaking in there. And I think they're answering some questions along the way because I obviously we didn't have a show the past two weeks but there was all the talks the trade talks with Drummond and everything and my biggest question there when I first heard about that is like for a while there he's really their only rebound like big rebounder and now you have Jared Allen kind of stepping into that role a little bit Zach this is the perfect time for me to bring this up for you would you rather have so these are two blind resumes okay player one okay. 17 and a half points a game 13 and a half rebounds Two assists, a block, two steals on 48% shooting. The other guy, slightly better, 18.1 points, about the same 13.3 rebounds, about the same two and a half assists, 
one more block per game, 2.1. One less steal per game. Only two turnovers, but shooting 67%. Oh, definitely. Definitely number two. Number two, Greg. But guess what? That's Jared Allen. That's the guy no, who yeah. is a restricted free agent next year, is a young, budding superstar, and a guy who, unlike Drummond, is more trying on defense. So as much as I hated the move to bench Drummond... Drummond's never been efficient, to, though. Ever. Yeah, you have to let your young guys play. And I think that's what they're doing. They're letting Garland get some run. They're letting Sexton get some run. They took a swing with Drummond, because that's the thing. When you're a small market team, you have to take some swings like right. that. Yeah. Didn't work out, but guess what? You're finding some guys, and at this point, you're trying to find kind of your team moving forward, Josh. Right, and I think that's what this run has shown. Like, even though they had that horrible 10-game skid, now, like... Even in even in those games, you had moments where you it was one or two guys. Now I think the more you get Sexton, Garland, and Allen playing together, I think that's going to be better for your future and set you up better for the off season to say, look what we have here, look what we're building here. Right. Yeah, and I think the one thing that you kind of can't overlook in this is Allen has been a, a much better defender. You know, he's been a plus defender since he's been on the floor. But right before this um, ten game losing streak. Larry Nance Jr. was um, broke his hand, so he's been out, you know, all of February, and he was really their best defender, one of the top players in the league as far as steals, uh, you know, a plus defender as well. So they've had to figure out defense other ways, and you know, they've turned to a couple of undrafted guys that have played a lot of minutes hey. these last couple games. So it's kind of just. You know, when you're a team like this and rebuilding, you just got to find dudes that can eat minutes and, and play well. Well, and we said when at the beginning of 2021, we were doing some calf segments and we kept bringing up that really tough stretch they were going to have going into March. And while I'm not making excuses, <laughs> it was a pretty they brutal... They didn't answer the bell. Yeah, they did not, they did not answer very well. But like when no, that took happens... A West, took a, a West Coast roadie... Lost all those games. Those are Lost hard, the though. The yeah, box. and when that happens, you gotta you gotta start looking at what you have, especially when you've got free agency in the off season that you gotta worry. You gotta build cohesion. Well, not worry that about, takes but you gotta time. execute. Yeah. yeah, fans freak out. I'm tired of watching the news. You know the people's right. social mean, media on the Cavs like they were good... supposed to compete for the NBA title. Like, nah, yeah, they're just throwing shit out there and seeing what works. Right I now. think the problem, which is that... what you kind of do. I think the problem that a lot of people had was they, they had kind of a, a little bit of a frisky start. They were like 9 yeah. and 8. Yeah, they no, yeah, came out yeah. of the gate pretty hot. And yeah. people no, were expecting more than right. expected. <laughs> yeah, for a Cleveland team. Yeah. <laughs> a frisky start like that. But you have Garland, who's a guy that, you know, didn't even get a full rookie season because of, you know, the shutdown. Mm. Only played four games in college. Is finally starting to become the facilitator that people have hoped for. Jared Allen is, is a guy that you can see in the future. You know, they're trying to figure out the small forward position. Um, Isaac Okoro has been a little bit rough on the offensive end, but has been a pretty good defender considering, you know, he's basically the guy that gets stuck with the other team's best offensive player every night and is, you know, at least stepped up to the challenge pretty well. And then, like I said, they have Dean Wade, a guy at Kansas State who was undrafted in 19, mm -hmm. who started the last three games and played 20-plus minutes. You have Lamar Stevens, who you might remember from Penn State the last couple of years, uh, has played you know more than 10 minutes in the last three games and had a game-winning dunk against the Atlanta Hawks. So it's one of these things where it's like, 
they don't have LeBron and all of LeBron's buddies anymore. You know, you have to just kind of find these diamonds in the rough, some of these undrafted guys that maybe can give you some minutes, get healthy, and probably need a few more pieces, whether it's through free agency but you gotta know or more you than have likely first. draft. Right. Yeah. We I don't talk think... about that in baseball. With the, you got to know what you have first, which means you're going to see some shitty basketball and some kids trying to figure it out in real yeah. time. And that's what I mean. Even if you throw a guy out there like Okoro has been a minus on offense, but he's figuring it out. You know, Garland was awful offensively at times last year, mm-hmm. but he's starting to figure it out. Sexton, starting to figure it out. Or they don't, and you know, yeah. and then you ship them off. Or, or yeah, or, or you, whatever or you, you figure out that it's like, hey, one of these guys can't play. We need right. to fill this spot exactly. going forward. But I think, you know, they're giving some of their undrafted guys a chance. They're giving some of their big guys a chance. They're you don't not need to panic. Wasting, they're not wasting their time with Drummond, who's going to be a free agent after this year and is not going to re-sign with Cleveland. Oh, right. That's the one thought. At some point, you have to work through it. And you know what? These little winning streaks, maybe they cost you the third pick for the fourth pick, but they help with how these players feel about themselves mm-hmm. and they help you for the future. Cause you look at a team, even like the Knicks that have been pitiful for God knows how long you finally have these guys with some confidence. Now they're slightly above 500 and they have home court right now in the East. Yeah. There you go. Just got to build it. All right, guys, we're talking baseball. Spring training has arrived, and baseball is in the air. Of course, a lot happened this offseason, and the state of baseball, as we know, has kind of been rocky the past couple years. In flux. In flux, definitely. Uh, so just to, for the listeners to get an idea of where we are, as uh, where we stand on some general baseball issues right now, we're going to do a little true-false. I'll just give you guys a statement and you give me a how many of these are you doing for us all to start this will just this will give people an idea of the the state of baseball how many of them uh yeah i'll I'll give you 10 of them jesus we could go on you couldn't get 10 from any other sports combined all right all right so our first issue i'm going to ask you guys the game of baseball is too slow true or false true True. I think Don Mattingly said it best. This is a baseball lifer. He watched the playoffs last year and even tweeted, I think he said in an interview, this is too goddamn slow. <laughs> All right. So both of you guys saying That's true I mean, baseball is Pedro too slow. Baez pitch, it's like, adjust the shorts, take off the glove. It's no Rafa Benincourt. Oh. Well, so that'll lead me into my next one, Greg, I guess. Uh, should there be a timer for pitches? True or false? True. Very true. You guys both say true. I'm I saying mean, true I, to that I don't one know too. if I forget what um, it is now. I think it's like a minute twenty or something like no, that. Or maybe is, even there, less there, than that. There is there's one just between innings and it's up to the umpire, but like in triple A Yeah, they don't even have the time enforce yeah. it. Okay. I was gonna say in triple A they actually have like the pitch clock. Yeah. You don't really notice it like as far as like unless you're staring at the pitch clock, but you notice it after a couple innings and you're like you know, this game has gone a little bit quicker than I expected. You don't need game. more than like 20, it's shot clock, yeah. 25, 24, 25 yeah. seconds, let's go. You don't need to adjust your pants every time. Like, throw throw the ball. Was Walter Johnson adjusting his pants for the, all the old baseball fans? No, he wasn't. He was throwing the damn baseball. All right. Ooh, true, I like that. True or false? We'll, we'll stick with pitchers. There should be a three batter, the three batter minimum for pitchers helps baseball. 
makes true. the game better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last year was great. Zach's saying true, Greg. Um, you got to be able to stand for three pitchers. Yeah, I, or three hitters, say, I mean. I, I The only reason why I would say false is just because it doesn't come into play that much. I would say no. in theory it's a good rule, but like. It is a good one. I mean, I think Oliver Perez, that was the big thing, right? Yeah. How are these lefty specialists? And he actually had a great fucking yeah. year last year. I, I, guess, I guess overall I'd say true. I would because... say as a traditionalist, I would prefer there not to have to be a rule. Right. But yeah. managers have gotten so insane yeah. with the I, I lefty righty. The, I would say especially for the playoffs. Because I guess you yeah. don't see it as much in the regular season. But the playoffs, you don't need these games taking five hours. Because every every right. batter is a, is a matchup. Yeah, I, I say true just purely off the standpoint you make millions of dollars to you be a gotta be able pitcher. to get the other you guy out i mean three. yeah all right uh expanded playoffs expanded playoffs is great for the game of baseball true or false we had a big debate on this uh last year I, i'm all in i'm true true it keeps it keeps more fan bases involved that's only good for baseball, which is such a regional city-centric kind of sport. It's not like the NFL where if your team's not in, you're still intrigued. If your team's out, you're generally like, Meh. Uh, Yeah, that's a fair point, I'd say. For most fans. Yeah. Especially for the casual fans right. of baseball, which are crucial right now. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, in theory, it works. I would say maybe there needs to be tinkering with just tinkering with the format. Oh, no, yeah, I yeah. know, but you keep yeah. saying in theory. No, I But I was going to say tinkering with the format because if you're one of those wild card teams, I think a three game series is fine. But oh, if you you're penalizing the series. You, I like that. Yeah, yeah if you're, well, if you're penalizing like division winners, I think if there's a way that you can give division winners buys and have everybody else oh, go through. Oh, yeah. Then maybe, but I think. I don't know. I think all of our teams lost in that three-game series, and it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, yeah, we're in the playoffs. All right, now we're out. But it's better than the one game. I hated the one game. The one game yeah, wild card the was one stupid. Game I was like, why even I love have the it? one game wild card. No, because I saw baseball. Baseball is a series. At least got to have three games. Uh, my team was undefeated in wild card games, so, you know. Well, whatever. All right, we're talking baseball for our big chug. We're doing a little true or false on some general baseball topics. We'll move on to our next one. Uh, this is an interesting one that they implemented last year, and it is here to stay, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, a runner on second to yeah. start extra innings. What do you guys think of that? That Love helps it. the game of baseball. True Love or it. false? True, Zach? Yeah, true, true. Love it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that... No more 19-inning fucking games. 19-inning games, or like if you're a fan, you you want to stay till the end. You don't want yeah. to... I, I mean... All of us have been to you know countless baseball games, and there have been a couple where you have to leave at the twelfth inning because you're like, oh, I yeah. gotta work in the morning. Oh yeah, no, you're right. I can't stay you know till the fourteenth, fifteenth inning, and also it's not one of those just one, two, three, tenth. There's at least a little bit of intrigue. Are you gonna bunt him over? Are you just gonna you know maybe you have one of your big hitters up? Yeah, are you exactly. gonna put in a pinch hitter or a pinch runner if one of your slow guys is at second? There's such. There's more urgency, which I yeah. think I like, and I think that's the biggest part. I, for whatever reason, this is the one that, as like a traditionalist, that I have a tough time what? like holding on to. We'll see. Uh, so, Don't have 162 games then. Yeah. Don't make me have to yeah. watch a game on on a Wednesday night if you're gonna go. No, I agree. It definitely makes things interesting. We'll see how the Cleveland Indians use it this year with a uh, whole B Hamilton. Yeah, Billy. I know there there was one time I was watching the Cubs and the Yankees on Sunday Night Baseball. I fell asleep. 
at like 10 o'clock, woke up in the middle of a sweat at like 2.30 in the morning, and the game was still going on. I mean, it's it's like, why at that point? Why why have an 18-inning game? Because one, it just hurts the teams in the long run. Oh, yeah. You've wasted your entire bullpen. Everyone's, you know, trying to recover from losing sleep for the next week. Playoffs, no, but you got 162 right. games. There's too many. Like you got to keep it. Yeah, and I, I think even the teams, even if you lose, you might be pissed about. But in the long haul, I think any manager would say, "Good, we're gonna get on the plane." You know, you got those, uh, you know, games where you're getting on the fucking plane at like two like thirty in the morning. I gotta play the next. Starting thing. with the runner in scoring position, that is weird for me. Like if if it was a runner on first, maybe I feel ah, but that's about double it, play. I don't double think play. that adds anything. Play, that's yeah. a quick double play, and now this it. I get what you're saying. I just think right. it's it's weird. Uh, and I think it's one of those things that, like, in you know, in football, they have different rules, playoffs versus regular season. There are just some times where it's like, I understand one game can change a playoff, you know, change playoff se- seating, but at this point, people got to go home. Right. Yeah. It's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. Like, yeah. you got to go home. You, all right, I'll give you guys some uh, right out in front here, a little soft toss action. Ooh. Uh, mound visits are good for the game of baseball and help speed the game up, limiting like the uh, amount limiting. of mound visits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True or false? Limiting the amount of mound visits helps the game of baseball. True, because half the mound visits, if before they were like limiting them, was they were just going out there waiting for the other guy to get ready. Right? Yeah. They would wait too long to get somebody up, and then half the time they're just right waiting there. All right, you got to finish. Yeah, Phil- filibuster. Yeah, filibuster. <laughs> I think it's nice because they don't have. They didn't take it completely out of the game. Right. Because there no. are some times where it's like, especially if you get like a new pitcher or a pitcher that the catcher's not familiar with, sometimes you're like, yeah. hey, let's fix the signs. Well, hey, it, what are we going to do on a one-two You count? have to have it available, yeah. but you just can't but you free can't for have, all. Yeah. You got to strategically, it's like timeouts. You got to strategically use those timeouts. Exactly. You can't, You can, I mean, what, you have five or six of them? I think that's plenty. And I mm-hmm. think it's one of those things where it's not. You know, it's not like there's a mound visit between uh, every play where it's right. like the fan, as a fan, you can be like, this is slowing down the game. I mean, obviously, right. it was always so limited, you know, per pitch, you know, per inning. But I mean, you know, to two, you know, second time out, you got pulling. But I mean, there were, I mean, there, every time they brought a new guy in, one, you know, a couple balls up, here comes the pitching coach out there. Hey, hey. Come on. Right, right. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Like, no, nah, he's a big boy. He can figure it fucking out. Like, come on. All right, here's another soft toss for you guys. More women in the offices in coaching rules in mm-hmm. baseball will help advance the game of baseball. True or false? True. Diversity always improves any organization, any business. Yeah, I think it's great, and they can handle it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Zach hit the nail on the head there. I think diversity, different ideas help out and i think you know from a from an idea standpoint there's no reason why the woman can't do as good of a job as a gm or a bench coach or someone that understands the game because understanding the game is something that like you just have to be involved in it and it with more women getting you know uh opportunities with more minorities getting opportunities it helps for more managers or more people at the top which is good for the game because as you know as the league has gotten more diverse the baseball's gotten better so if the offices get more diverse then the league's gonna get better i'm tired of old white men to be (laughs) honest on top of it like that's what's like the ownership is all old ass white men and that's holding the league the game back so we can slowly start working our way up and i was gonna say i'm saying true with this because i think baseball aside from ownership rules i think they're on the right track diversity wise and i think 
Still cracking through the mold yeah. of the ownership will be key for baseball moving forward. And I, I know being a, like a Browns and a Cavs fan, both of them have women coaches. There's been no issue as far as like respecting the coaches or understanding, you know. They're all professionals. The, yeah, I was going to say they're all professionals. Stuff. They all have these coaches have such a fine line between getting fired and getting hired. They just want the best people there. Right. It, there's no gimmicks. Yeah, there's no gimmicks. It's just, hey, if I hire this person and she knows the most about this sport, she's going to help us win and help me keep my job, which is what right. I want. Exactly. All right, so we're talking uh, we're talking baseball for our big chug this week. We're doing a little true-false on some general baseball current issues. And, guys, these are the three that I'd say – are maybe the more talked about issues going into the season this year. We'll start off with the ball. Changing the ball back to what I've heard is more of a softer ball, less juiced as it was last year, some might say. Is that going to be good for the game of baseball this year? I, I don't give a shit with the ball. I guess, yes, because we don't want to hear Justin Verlander bitch on nonstop about the ball, even though... When it, you know, when they supposedly made it softer before and the hitters were struggling, you never heard a hitter bitch about the ball. But if I don't hear Justin Verlander cry about the baseball for one year, yeah, sure. True. Greg, two or false? Softer ball, changing the ball. I will say, sorry, I did want to jump off though, but if it is going to affect run scoring, you know, like the NBA opened up the offense for a reason and they've taken off since then. Something to keep in mind. So, as far as what the independent study has been done on this baseball, Ooh, don't bring stats. But in. I was gonna say <laughs> they've they've loosened they've loosened the tension on the first three wool windings of the ball. The first three, I thought it was the first two. Which will I'm against According it to the independent study, the ball will travel an average of one to two less feet on a 375 foot hit, which shouldn't affect the ball that much. And they have no mention on the drag of the baseball. And as someone that has done a lot of study on drag and things flying through the air, if you don't understand we drag... We get it. You're an aer- you have an aerospace <laughs> engineering degree. God. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, I feel like they're just going to guess. And I, I feel like no one has any idea of what I the ball is going to do. I think they're like, hey, we want to adjust the ball. And then it goes a lot further. And hey, we're going to adjust the ball. Maybe it's going to suck this year, but I think no one has a good idea of what exactly is going on. So I think at $100, some point, they didn't do anything. Just have a regular <laughs> baseball. That's what I, I lean just false. Just have a baseball. I lean false here just because we're getting to the point where like every year we're having a different ball. And it's just like, let's just, let's just play baseball. Can we, we also talk about the fact that there. we all know they made changes was like two or three years ago, but Major League Baseball's official statement was they so that made did no changes, yeah. and now they're like, "Well, we're gonna make these." That's changes. what I mean. Just be honest. Hey, no, we're I making know. a baseball. We're doing this. It's like Ma- when the NBA tried those synthetic balls, and then oh, players were like, God. "I'm getting blisters." I'm like, <laughs> "All right, quickly." For well, our- no, the problem is you could just throw it out the backboard, right. and it would stick and fall in. And it's like just have a normal baseball, because guess what? If I'm a pitcher, if I'm a hitter, I just want to know the baseball. No, I agree. No one wants to get Except for Justin Verlander. Wow. He wants his own ball. Quickly for our last two, and uh, then we'll get to our beer break. Uh, Going to a, from a rule that did get, or a ball that did get changed to a rule that is now changing back from what it was last year, there will be no universal DH as there was in 2020. And it will go back to having pitchers batting. Universal DH is good for baseball. True or false? False. 
false. I hate it. As a baseball over there. I do. I'd love that the leagues are different. I even though it actually negatively affects my team, the Indians, as they pay a lot of money for this dude just to hit the fucking ball. And then when they go to NL City, they're like we're going to allow you to make four errors in a four-game series, but like you, you just do it. I don't know. I think it's fun. It, it's different. I like that the leagues are different. That's just for me, though. I'll admit, probably most people, it's going to be universal. Eventually. Greg, universal DH, true or false? So I was actually heavily on Zach's side going into last season where I was fully for, hey, let the pitchers hit. It's something different. But my biggest issue is you can't, have it and then not have it anymore when you have it you have to keep it because the way you build teams is now the nl teams are building as far as dhs go yeah and when you don't have that anymore it changes how you build a team because that's fair it's fun when you say al teams and nl teams have to build teams differently yeah but when you don't know year to year and you don't know how to build a team it negatively affects the nl because it's like well maybe we need a dh next year maybe we don't it's like either make a decision or don't. You can't go back and forth. Once you jumped into the waters of DH, you have to stay there. Right. Fair. And it's it's tough for me. Same with Zach and the Indians. The Reds are getting to a point where you got to maybe move Joey Votto to DH in a couple years. And I think the DH helped them. Not that Jesse Wink. Jesse Winker deserves to be a starting outfielder. But he was a great DH last year for us. But that's what I mean. You look at your, but, your yeah, roster now you have and the to way go you back. build your roster last right. year was to have a DH. Right. And and yeah, I'm I would say false because for the same reason Zach, like I like that they're different. The leagues are different. It's a great baseball like thing, mm-hmm. great baseball tradition. But I kind of have you kind of have to say true now because yeah, you had it the one time. You can't go back. Yeah. All right, a last one. This could get hairy here. The sh- the defensive shift is ruining baseball. True or false? True, true. My God, if there's one thing. I could change in baseball. Get rid of the shift. Do you not agree, Greg? Like that's like anybody who's watched the game. I mean, we grown up playing. It's like it's fairly pretty new. You never really saw that up to like ten years ago. And Ryan Howard was like, "We're gonna kill that guy's career," and they started <laughs> moving people over. Like, I mean, you shifted depending on the hitter, but you were not. I don't ever remember playing like a full on shift growing yeah, up like if even you, in high school we if didn't, you played yeah. i i didn't play a whole obviously being a lefty and play a whole lot of second you base didn't see it in the majors though either but that often if you were playing shortstop you never you maybe played you maybe shaded up the middle a little bit more but you never be with the bag you're maybe like that's yeah. what i mean you maybe shaded up the middle more right you never played on the right side of the bag as a, as a shortstop that's why i'm almost even to the, the point where it's just like do, do we need to have like sections almost like to where because yeah you're right like you definitely i'm okay with shading oh yeah yeah it. yeah yeah shading is a natural part of the game i think right especially when you you know you're either you're playing in to prevent the run you're playing the uh the double play ball you're looking for whatever but like putting four guys on one side of the infield or you know a five uh, even a five man infield sometimes is is a little egregious to me it's just like is that baseball anymore the no. one thing that i will say is the i mean everybody all, all three of us know most people that watch you know sports and baseball know that baseball is one of is basically the old man at the block that doesn't <laughs> want to change as much as possible you don't say but the one thing that has made baseball change, unlike anything else, 
has been lower batting averages. Yeah. And the well, three, offense sells, man. Casual three, fans want offense. So 2020 had the fourth lowest batting average season of the live ball era. Mm-hmm. The third lowest was 72, which is right before they added the DH into mm-hmm. the AL. And then the two lowest were 67 and 68, right before the mound was lowered. Yeah. So at some point, there's something that's changing. And it's one of those things that, like, we're smart bass, you know, we're smart baseball fans. You see someone hit the ball up the middle, you think hit. Sometimes someone makes a great play, and that's fine. But when you see someone and you think hit, and there's a guy right there, that's not baseball. It's right. like it's like if someone shot a three-pointer, and you're like, that should go in, and someone's goaltended it. There have been changes in the other, you know, in all the other leagues. There's offsides in hockey or soccer. There's three in the key, both offensive and defensively in the NBA, to try to prevent kind of that, like, cheap, Almost Mickey Mouse shit. Oh, yeah. There's illegal formations in football. Yeah. Baseball just has to make a slight tweak just to make positioning standard. Maybe it's your infielders. Two of them have to be on the left side of second base. Two of them have to be on the right side of second base. That's it. I mean, that's a great point about football having the illegal formation. Maybe that's something they look I at. Mean, I mean, it's just... It, the NFL you're right. just makes rules. They're just like a week before a season, like we're not going to do this anymore. Like Major League Baseball, well, it's like base- we're going to talk about it for a decade. Yeah, for baseball, we'll it's see. just not baseball anymore. When you're yeah, and in a perfect right world, a honestly, these guys should just be able to bunt the fucking ball down the opposite line. I know that. I agree. I say it all the time, but they won't. But they're not no, going to. Well, do even it. The one, is that the baseball then? If you're just you no, I agree though. But it's, it. yeah, people don't want to watch bunting. They don't. The one issue that you have is in every other sport when the defense gets an advantage, whether it's basketball, hockey, yeah, any, any of that stuff. I mean, football, you change it, you change the it to the offense. can't touch anybody. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. And the thing is, when guys are only getting hit every, you know, 30%, 25%, you have to change. The batting average on balls in play, which is, you know, more, yep. uh, indicative. more, real, more indicative of, you know, what's going on. It's not just the strikeouts and everything. Yeah. is the lowest since the early 90s. Yep. So you're showing that Guys are getting hits, and you know guys are getting what should be hits, and they're getting out. So what it leads to is the all or nothing approach, which is pop outs, strikeouts, the or three home true runs. outcomes. Yeah, three true outcomes. Yeah. And no one, <clears throat> oh, as God, much as so people want to see, which is what our Reds suffer from. Greatly. I mean, the Indy, everybody does. Yeah. Every yeah. team does. As much does, as people want to see the home runs, you also want to see doubles. Right. You want to see manufacture runs. That's the runs, one thing. When someone's, you know, when someone's on second base. You sit up in your seat watching baseball. Yeah. Someone's on second base. When it's bases loaded and everyone's trying for a home run, you know, you're like, well, maybe, but maybe not. I'll fall asleep. But if someone, if I wake up or if I walk into a room and someone's on second and third in a baseball game, I'm like, hold on a second. Yeah. Something might happen. Right. Well, we're talking baseball. It's the 30 Rack of Sports Big Chug. Baseball is our topic this week, the state of baseball. We've been doing a little true or false. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at 30 Rack of Sports. We'll be running some polls on Twitter and Instagram. You can answer all of these true or false questions throughout the week there. We're going to take a little beer break. When we come back from our beer break, we'll talk our favorite off-season topics from the baseball winter Lukewarm stove. <laughs> I was saying, I've been a hot stove in a while. Pours an amber brown with a creamy head. 
layers of roasted malt, toffee, and herbal aromas blend nicely. Notes of baked bread and caramel. This full-bodied beer is full of flavor, yet still easy to drink. Much more drinkable than your than your uh, your average Bach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most of us are on our second one right now. Still find it very drinkable. Oh, yeah. It's not one of those that you have one and you're like sitting back, letting out your beer gut. Oh no. But I will say, definitely a fan of the cans. By the way, I don't know. I'm a little disappointed. Really? Like we can. What we you were got drinking? The rolling hill or the rolling fields of Ohio. Um, in the we background were drinking their here. juicy IPA, basically the same can. Well, They're not you- really jumping out on the ledge it just seems like hey I we want to throw it in can no i know but i like and if you go on their website and you see like the orange uh that orange citrus beer they have is orange yeah they are very like bold color based but i mean i like I had something simplistic it reminds me like i thought this was a beer like titleist makes that's like the oh, I like the I, cursive i like i just well, it's a clean cut can i don't know i've I, Gotta some give people, a little bit more uniqueness to some people. Don't I don't think is. you have to. I think their thing think is like I mean. you're. Some people don't always notice what the M is. It's it's March. It's it's an oh, M for March yeah. and it's a one for yeah. First I didn't notice that. That's time. cool too. And the pennant is the pennant, right? The, the, for the flag. Fly. Yeah. So I think it's a clean can. I I sometimes yeah. like simple. Sometimes better. It's it's so it's s- clean, simple, and subtle. Like odes to Ohio. It's Plus, very this nice. is like any again any beer they put out. You know that's their can. Well, in the box, we'll we'll do some. We'll have a little bit of. You could have three beers. Like I said, the juicy IPA has the same similar green color. Like it's different, um, what, Greg. What, what, Greg, those are different beer. shades of green. There's only so many colors. Sir. Like the yeah, red, the red ale, yeah. the red ale's all red, Greg. <laughs> that's why you have to add a little bit of flair each can. Get out of here, man. <laughs> it's clean, it's cut, it's good. Well, for a little bit of education here, uh, Zach, you said you weren't more you weren't so much of a Bach guy. I'm no. not a big Bach guy myself. The traditional Bach is a bit, you know, its character main characteristics are it's sweet, malty, yeah. and strong. This Hellerbach is what's known as a type of Bach called a, a Maybach, and it's a Hellas or a Hellerbach. These are no, 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 no. This is my box. That's your box. <laughs> Boo. Thank you. Keep going, Josh. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> but there's, they've got that same strongness to them. But as you can see with this one, it's, it's not as dark in color. It's a little more golden amber, mm-hmm. and it's a little more hoppier than it is malty. But then you also have your Weizenbach. That one's not really malty. Your Weizenbach. Wheatbach? Wheatbach, yes, sir. It is more heavy Lucky on the wheat you. side. It's actually heavier on the wheat side mm. than this would be on the hoppier side. And then you also have your Doppelbach. That's if you're looking to get a uh, schmammered. Yeah, because du- well, Dunkelbach would be your dark box. So right. Doppelbach would be your double box. We had a yeah. few of those even last stronger, year. Bachfest, even stronger, even maltier. Greg and I, Greg and I tore Cincinnati New Asshole last year when we went out for Bachfest. Yeah, Bachfest. So like, yeah, we got in the line for the ladies' restrooms. So. We did, we did <laughs> a long line, nice. and we were stood there for a while until <laughs> we realized it was not the food. Until line. some ladies, ladies like were... confused, like, "Why are you guys in here?" Like, almost too afraid to ask. We were like, at, yeah, we're, "We're getting the food." food. She's like, "No, <laughs> no, you're not." But no, Arnold's uh, and a lot of the <laughs> traditional Cincinnati Bachfest venues are still doing their own uh, Bachfest. There's a lot of breweries, uh, like thir- uh, Rheingeist 13 Below. I think Streetside's doing one. Um, there's a lot of the Cincinnati venues that would normally do the collective Bachfest. Yeah. They're doing their own thing this next coming weekend. So get out there. Enjoy your box, whichever Bach variety and, is your favorite. This is a great Heller Bach here for March 1st. And even if you're not you know, a, 
understand during a pandemic, they want to go out. You can still get, you know, your uh, your growlers, whether it's from, you know, March 1st, 13 Below, any of the big places, you know, Mad Tree, Ryan Guys, any of those places. Make sure to support your local breweries because, you know, they don't quite have the same Bach Fest that they have the past years, but they're still bringing the same great beer punch like they normally do. Nope. All right, we're talking baseball. We're back on our big chug, which is the state of baseball right now. Spring training is underway. We're, what, less than a month now from opening day for MLB. Yo. We did a little true-false there on some current issues. Now uh, we're going to talk about each of our own you know, favorite issue in baseball right now. Uh, Greg, we'll start with you. What's, your, what's your, big, uh, your big thing with baseball right now? Um. I wouldn't say it's my favorite issue because it's certainly not something I enjoy about baseball. But I think one of the things that came to light recently was kind of the dirty truth of baseball that came out. Uh, you know, there was a fan that posted to YouTube a speech from now former Mariner CEO Kevin Mather, who uh, in an early February speech at a rotary club <laughs> fucking rotary club was the whitest thing you could be given a speech at yeah it was talking about baseball and i mean just so many things that shouldn't have been said was, was said first off him talking about blatantly manipulating service time now everybody knows that happens yeah if you're not someone that's very familiar with it basically the way that that baseball contracts work is when you call a guy up he makes so much money for a certain number of years, and he goes into arbitration. You and super then two, like, or it's three years. Yeah, or, depending on how much time you, you play. Then you can kind of, you know, you the, got, the, the salary goes. You basically go from making like close to the minimum to making several million if you're a decent player. Get four years of arbitration. Teams get six years outright of your yeah. service time, and then. So, but what happens is with some of these players, they say. If you basically don't get a full league year, which is basically if they hold you down for like about a month, Chris Bryant, right? Get an extra year of uh, of service time, and I, Chris Bryant was the first time that I had really seen it mm. come to life. But you know where they keep these guys down for an extra, you know, three weeks or something like that. But Mather was talking about doing that with some of his top prospects, but then also talking about the English speaking of some of his players, which I thought was ridiculous. It's a uh, rotary club, man. One of his pitchers, Hisashi Iwakuma, who has, who has a perfect game, who's been a solid pitcher over the last couple of years. He complained about his English being terrible and said he was tired of paying an interpreter $75,000. That's a drop in the bucket. If for you're that, a billionaire owner and you're paying even your lease players four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000, it's nothing. It's That's nothing. insane. That's While horrible. also calling out longtime Mariner, probably face of the franchise at this point, and like one of their best players, Kyle Seeger, who's been there yeah. for forever, they said he's overpaid at eighteen million dollars. <laughs> at that Jeez. point, just throwing stones at your best players, uh, questioning the English of one of your top players and one of your top prospects. And also saying, hey, I'm going to fuck over our top prospects by keeping them down for an extra month and making them make less money for an extra year just so we can have control right. over them. It's just everything that's wrong with baseball from, from the top down. <laughs> it, and something that was the biggest, you know, uncovered secret in baseball for years. that he I mean, just Everybody knew about. it. Yeah. 
Who paid attention? I, I, it's hilarious. My favorite, my favorite thing is you know Mariners fired him. My favorite is they said he had nothing to do with any uh, baseball decisions, and I'm he like, was the CEO. I know he was head of baseball operations. Yeah, he does. The GM has to come to him to run anything through. So yeah. Well, and I think it shines a bigger light on like you look at that, and that that is something that you know everyone's like, okay, like you said, Zach. We know this is something that's been going on. Now it's just come to light. And it kind of goes back to the sign-stealing thing with the Astros where you, like, you know it's obviously not to that degree. Right. But you, you knew it was going on a little bit still. And even then, when it was going on to that degree, you knew still and still didn't do anything. It shines a bigger issue on baseball and where they're not willing to do anything to combat these issues that are ruining the game. Yeah, and I think, you know... It hurts young players, but also the CBA expires at the end of this that year. That was going to be my so, big topic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those things that that hurts the you know that the the players' association is going to come back with. Oh, they jizz their pants. And it's one of those things where it's like you wonder why there aren't bigger stars, why there aren't bigger voices. Mm, they don't when market. you're when you're putting players down like this from the word go, right. hurting you know, I mean. So much of the league is is non American, whether you know it's Caribbean or from you know one of the Asian countries, whether it's you know Japan, South Korea, you know uh, Philippines, whatever. A, a lot of the players coming from from those areas, South America too. If you're gonna judge someone's English and do all this stuff, then you're hurting the people that want to come over. You're hurting the game because at, at some point, I would say all of us as fans, we want to see the best players play in the MLB. Well, yeah. Whether they're from the U.S. or from any other country, whether our team signs them or someone else signs them, we want to see the best baseball possible. Well, exactly. Whether we'd hope that the Indians or the Reds or the Cubs would sign them, we still want the best players in the MLB. Yeah, it's going to have every decision under a microscope going forward. And, yeah, you brought up a good point with the, the CBA. The players are like, huh? <laughs> right. Because um, gonna, there's there's going to be a lockout. There is. That's coming up. These two sides. And this is why this stuff was said is out of any of the sports leagues, there is not the hatred. Like players just purely hate owners and vice versa. They hate each other, despise each other. Well, I would say And I I'm always on the side of labor, but before kind of this stuff kind of came out and really think about it, I was talking with some people about it and I was almost like, what do the players really want though? It just seems like they just want to piss the owners off because they got the better end of the CBA last time. I know they want to get rid of like qualifying offers and, you know, well, and attaching picks to it, but like otherwise. Well, cause usually, especially in baseball, the CBA, every time it gets negotiated, it's whoever brutal. wins, whoever wins usually flip flops each time. Oh yeah. But now like the sport is at such a pivotal point. They hate and each then other. After going through all the negotiations with COVID last year, now like nobody wants to give on anything. Well, and, and yeah. I think the it's one thing just off of, it, we gave you this and we gave you this. I mean, I know. I think Buster only might have said he think it could be two years. He didn't think they, they they might not play for two years. I think the it, one, that's that. I don't think it'd be that bad, but it's that contentious. Yeah, I think the one thing that's important is, is you see as you know as there starts to be this hatred, and you've seen it. You know, obviously hockey as players started to get at least. Even anywhere there was a but year. It's not out. on. The, it's a dull Foot, different lever well, than that, even football. But that's I mean, what these I mean. guys are football. They had the. They had the. You know, they don't really have quite the pull because there are so many players. Right. But I would almost say it's starting to get more basketball level, where I the players the, kind of are the league, and 
they've had a couple years where they haven't started till you know they had the one year where they broke the lockout just in time for training camp and the one time that they didn't start till christmas right and you're wondering whether you're going to get to this point because there are certain things that are it's above that though this has been going back decades i mean they canceled this is a league that canceled the world series and then went into the following year and it's ha- and it's been it's it's a whole different these I mean, look at Trevor Bauer is the most outspoken player in the league, right? We can say that. Look at the shit he says about the owners, and you know every other buddy else says, and you don't hear that blatant as like "fuck you," but the, from other sports like Apple, they hate each other. The players just yeah. want to fuck them over again, and vice versa. And the yeah. owners feel like they got fucked on the last one. They're not going to give an inch. The players are. St- Again, I don't know specifically what they want. I know, like, obviously that stuff's bad. I'm on their side, but I don't know what you can really the, get in a CBA for that. that but they want that I think it is very big is one. A lot of other leagues have a salary floor. And yeah, but you're of, never gonna you're never yeah, gonna get but, that. You know, yeah. just like they, you know, owners want a cap. They know they're never gonna get a salary yeah. cap. It's but just not. You have teams that are you know spending you know nine ten times. Right, I agree. Team. But the other thing they do is, need one bad. is you have, but. and it's come back to hurt some of the owners during this COVID thing, is I know it's recently happened with the Cubs, but I know it was a big thing with the Angels, is they kind of, you know, the the Angels Stadium in Anaheim is kind of a little bit off from the city. Right. So they built up the area around it, built hotels and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that the owners own. So yeah. the owners are making all this extra profit off people that are coming into town buying the hotels doing all this other stuff and the no, players yeah. want to cut and the problem is the baseball owners and you've seen it you know i've heard a lot from the former marlins owners that are now out that you know don't care anymore yeah is you try to hide every penny from everybody else oh yeah and you know there are so many ways to logistically say we're losing money or we're not doing anything but the problem is not everything's out there for how much people are, you know, people are making or losing. So the players are saying, "You're making all this money, we want a chunk," and the owners are saying, "We're not making enough money, we need you to make less." And it's just this stalemate that until people are honest, which they'll never be, there's no movement. <laughs> I mean, that's so the thing. At some it's point, worse. Someone has to make a concession. It's worse than these other ones because they didn't point out a good point. Baseball, NFL, NBA, a lot of the, the TV contracts are all. One big pot. Everybody fucking knows what you're getting. You know, it's like the MLB negotiated that big contract, right? That's why Lindor said, well, the Indians can afford me. Not really, because the Indians don't get a cut of that or that we know of. You don't know a lot about Major League Baseball's finances on who's getting cuts where. It's not usually one big pot. It's regional. It's, like you said, these ownerships own Could be based on money. who gets into the playoffs and whatnot. You know one knows. Well, but they're so- never going to give that information up. So just to reset our conversation, Greg was talking uh, about yeah. um, uh, ownership issues in Major League Baseball and just owner's stance on baseball. And then Zach's big thing is the CBA negotiations that will come to a head after this season We're sometime in the offseason. Kill the sport, I'm telling you. So Mostly. I guess I guess how do how do we fix the C, the CBA negotiations? They don't like each other. You can't. It's 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 gonna. They, they, both sides don't realize that they need each other in the least bit. And I'm telling you, they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna kill. They're. I mean, if they go a year or two, they'll kill the fucking sport. But I I would say I agree with Zach, and I think as unfortunate as it is, both and as it won't happen, both 
sides need to take a step to the middle where the owners need to realize that you can't, you know, these high level players, you can't hamstring them, whether by, you know, having them make $500,000 a year for three years or having them, you know, um, sign these extensions early that are very team friendly. That's basically what you have for your first four or five years. And, you know, you're worried about what happens if something my, to my career in, f- in the future. But then also, the players have to realize that, one, baseball is a regional sport, and two, it's not the 1990s anymore. Y- you know, LeBron's a bigger player than anyone in baseball. Patrick Mahomes is a bigger player than anyone in baseball. That's MLB's fault, All these fault, other though, guys too, are falling down where it's like, you can't make all this money because it's, one, the prices of baseball are pricing out a bunch of fans. Two, the game is too slow and is losing a lot of fans. And three, baseball just isn't what it was anymore. You're not going to get top billing. You're not the biggest sport in the world anymore. You're no, but I probably, think you're probably you're third, third, yeah, you're third. But second in some places, the marketing in the is major league baseball fault. They make no attempt to market their stars. I mean, look what happened to Tatis is an exciting young player, and they just want to ham, you know. Some of the bat flipping and stuff. They all let these guys have fun. That's that's my whole thing with the old white guy thing. Out of any sports, just a bunch of old white dudes, like stuffy white dudes, not Jerry Jones and hot tub with coeds. Like these guys don't do nothing. They don't like anything fun. I mean, you see it with the Hall of Fame vote. Yeah, that's <laughs> I know. Really that's it. my point, though. Like it's major league baseball, but I mean, I agree with the rest of your points. So, of yeah, I mean they they got to be pragmatic with each other. And be both, like, we need each other, and we yeah, need to figure out a way need forward. To realize, hey. We need to play baseball, and we need to market it better. We need yeah. to get young people to the games. That way, we you all make more money. You can't be giving guys 14-year, $300 million yeah. contracts. I'm just saying that's And that's the other thing absurd. is, yeah, there was a time that nobody was making any money, and there was a time that everybody was making I mean, all that's the money. one thing the players have, and I think that's why you see these other leagues, and people are like, why are you complaining? Baseball players have the strongest union. They have the best contracts, fully guaranteed deals. And they're making $300 million. I think they did have the strongest union. I think almost the NBA might have the strongest union right but, now. But they have better deal. No other league has 100% fully guaranteed unlimited yeah. contracts. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, if Frank, they could cut Tatis next year. He could hit, never get a hit again in his life. He's owed that $314 million. I mean, that's why Josh Hamilton you is going to make $20 million this year. You know what's that's crazy why, about um, that contract, Bobby, though? Bobby Benito is going to make I money I was just past- about to say. That was more of a structural thing, still, yeah, I mean, you know, they cut you, you're getting that One money. year after that Tatis deal expires, yeah, the Mets yeah. will still I'm, owe wait, Bobby wait, wait, Bonilla wait, wait, money. Wait, 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 yeah. I, don't, I don't want to run over this. Did you say Tatis deal? Yeah, it's Tatis. Oh, Tatis, sorry. Excuse me, excuse me. He said Tatis. He did say Tatis. I was going to let it go. I knew you was going to let it go. We're talking baseball. <laughs> We've been talking. It's our big chug, the state of baseball. Uh, we've got what's brewing Ohio coming up next. Thing? Oh, my thing? Yeah, my thing was expanded it? playoffs. We kind of got into a whole thing there about that, so I was going to let you guys have well, that moment. You gotta, you gotta, what's, what's your thought? Yeah, expanded what's your playoffs. Expanded yeah, playoffs need to happen, but like you said earlier in the show, like it needs to happen the right way. Like If we could have a March Madness... I'm, I'm personally like the three-game... Yeah. series i I'm think it's fine it. as a shorter thing it's way better than the one game i'm fine so, with three five seven seven yeah in my opinion and if you could do like Just keep it like that friday saturday sunday games all day and then do i don't know 
Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then a travel day. Do the weekend. I do like that they condense that travel day crap. And yeah, but it's it like in. let's have let's make it like March Madness yeah. style. Build it up. Helps with the marketing. I agree. No, yeah, yeah, that's a big part. I, yeah. I like the whole. The seeds get to pick their opponents. I thought that was cool. I thought, and, yeah, I thought that was fun. And then the other thing is that people hated that idea. And I'm like, that's fucking great, though. People would tune in for that. It's like, you know what I mean? Like the NBA has the lottery draft. You know, yeah. And people the, tune in for crap like that, and they would love. I mean, plus it builds shit up. Like if the Yankees are number one seed, and they pick your team, and you're like, fuck you. Like what the hell? That adds a little bit. And like the other thing is, if you have like a thursday friday where you're playing all day then it becomes like a march madness where you have right you know you have two games a game at noon again a game at one mm-hmm. then a game at three and a game at four and they kind of had that last that was fun right. you watch baseball all day yeah and that's what i mean you get people locked in all day you know the betters you're getting bet in all day but then you also have like you said you know if you're an indians fan you're like the Yankees picked us. They really want to face Shane Bieber. And then maybe Shane Bieber late in the game, maybe they're running by a bunch, maybe throws a beanball in. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. That's what I mean. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the whole selection thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't know about it, that. I love it, man. That, that's, that's the first time Major League Baseball has been outside the box of any other league. Think about it, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that I'm was not, shocking I'm not totally to me they came up it. with that. I, think, I mean, I get why some people are like, it's corny. It is, but here's the thing. Professional sports at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Right. That's what it is. Well, and the thing yeah, that blows my mind. Maybe the selection show wasn't maybe the best idea. But once you get into the actual games, you can see the real like. That's oh, what I really? mean. It's like it's like a fight. It's like, oh, really? You're going to call me out? Like, if you want to fight me? It's kind of disrespectful because it's like the Yankees. Again, like if they're the one seed and they're not playing the bottom seed, they pick like the Rays or something like, oh, we think we're a better matchup, even though you're like technically two seeds ahead or something like that would be a big fuck you. And like that would get people jacked about it. Well, and I think. What blows my mind about the whole thing is that they came up with the selection show thing, but it's like, can you not think of the T? Like, if you were to just have baseball all day for like a good week and a half, yeah, the think about the TV deals there, like put oh, it on yeah. national TV. That's another thing that we could do a whole, I could do a whole show on is the blackouts that MLB does uh, make the game accessible for people. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we're talking baseball, the state of baseball. Those are our thoughts on our big chug on the state of baseball. Opening day, less than a month away for the Reds, Indians, and the rest of the major leagues. What is brewing Ohio? Obviously, today's March 1st, as the day we were recording on, at least, is March 1st, Ohio's birthday. So a lot of exciting stuff happening this week. Bachfest coming up, too. Uh, since we were off two weeks, uh, I said we were going to get like some Black History Month uh, brewery stories in Wolf's Ridge Brewing in Columbus, Ohio. They have a interesting beer right now. It is called uh, Heart of It All or Heart of It. And heart of it or heart, heart of it all? I think Heart of It. I, yeah. I was I think I was assume, assuming the Heart of It All, but it just yeah. says Heart of It. Um, the King Arts Complex, it's up in Columbus. It's been there a long time. Um, it serves several local organizations. Um, and it did a the Heart of Protest little tribute um, 
for back uh, back when George Floyd the whole thing was going on. Um, Wolf's Ridge Brewing has just released the heart of it, a hoppy wheat ale, and 100% of the proceeds from that beer sales will go to the King's Art Complex, oh, nice. helping local organizations Very in nice. Columbus. Nice, nice, nice. Love a nice wheat beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also have to give a anniversary shout-out to a brewery we have had on the show before. It's been five years for Sibling Revelry Brewing. Oh, big fan. Uh, fans... Northeast Ohio. Yep, yep. Fans of uh, <laughs> yeah, up in West Lake. Fans of <laughs> where is that at near? It's west of the lake. I'm pretty. It's sure. west of the lake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which lake? The yes, Erie. The one. Yeah, that <laughs> the one. one. Uh, it's a good strong beer. If you're a strong beer fan, it's a good weekend for you there. Two variants of their Cosmic Cocoa Imperial Chocolate Stout are being pulled out. Uh, one is a rum barrel-aged version, oh, and the other God. is a bourbon barrel-aged <laughs> oh, version. Oh, yeah, uh, I would love to get some of that. That's at Sibling mm, Revelry. Five years to drag them. out. Not a fan of the aged beers like that. Oh, well. uh, and then a Cincinnati tradition, as we are drinking this Hellerbach from March 1st this week as our beer of the week. Bach, bach, bach. It is Bach Fest next weekend in Cincinnati. And the 29th annual Bach Fest Obviously, won't be the same as it usually is downtown in uh, downtown Cincinnati. Usually, a great uh, beer festival to go to. The but, goats carrying around all the Bach beer down the street. Oh yeah, it's a yeah, good time. great great Bach parade too. But there's plenty of breweries in the Cincinnati area, and of course, like a lot of the traditional venues for Bach Fest down in uh, the downtown area, uh, Rhine House, the Queen City Exchange, Arnold's, the Washington Platform. Uh, but then there's a lot of other breweries that are participating too. Big Ash Brewing, Fig Leaf, 50 West, 13 Below, Goodfellas, Listerman, Moorline. A lot of partic- Sonder that we've had on the show before. They're participating as well. So you can still partake in your individual Bach Fests at individual participating locations. But there will not be the no, big party downtown. No big party yeah. this year, obviously, with what with the COVID and all. But find a goat, find a monk costume. Uh, if anyone wants to bring a goat to Greg's house next weekend, uh, please don't do that. See me; I'll uh, p- provide you with his address. It'll be a great, great little Listen. surprise for him. He went; he was in German class, so he would appreciate it. Please don't. <laughs> I've already had to clean up part of my house this this last weekend. Why not please again? Don't. Why not again? Yeah, it gets you in good practice. But that is what's brewing in Ohio. As always, you can go to ohiocraftbeer.org to learn more. You can follow them at social media at ohiocraftbeer. And you can follow us at social media on social media at 30 Rack of Sports. Alright guys, it's time to wrap up. We have our cheers before we get out of here. Zach, we'll start with you because you obviously have a very well thought out cheers. Zach, who are you cheersing this week? Cheers the great state of Ohio. Uh, we have the most astronauts from this state because everybody wants to get the fuck out of here. But presidents, presidents, a lot of, presidents. Real, a lot of shitty ones, but yeah, a lot of presidents. Uh, you know, it's grand. We're all corn, from Ohio. A lot of corn, soy, soy, bad construction. If you're into that, <laughs> just construction. You know what um, they say, the four seasons in Ohio, guys. Summer, winter, summer, winter, and construction. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Josh, on that note, who are you cheersing this week? Uh, Greg, my cheers actually has to go out to a Division Three 
men's basketball team here in Ohio. Oh, um, big time. Been been hot on the Ohio uh, Wesleyan. Not Ohio Wesleyan. I'm talking. I'm talking the Marymount uh, Warriors, who I got to witness uh, been producing some Ohio high school basketball oh, tournament. Talking high school D three. Yeah, yeah. OHSAA. Greg Greg was on the call for me for uh, for a game the other morning. But that previous evening, I saw the Marymount Warriors outscore a team twenty one to seven in the fourth quarter and erase a twenty three point deficit with ten minutes left to advance to their district championship game. Wow. It's one of the craziest comebacks I've ever witnessed in any sport. Uh, one kid hit like eight threes in the second half. I mean, it was wow. quite it was quite the bef- performance. So, I mean, cheers to them because that was just insane. Congratulations to them as well. Shout out to, to all the, the winter high school athletes having their championships, you know, February, March. Yeah, big so. championship season for uh, the You know, some OSHA. of them had them canceled last year, so nice to see, you know, yeah. sports coming back to normal. Uh, my cheers goes to actually down in Clifton. Well, this one was actually in Greenville, North Carolina, but it was Omari Thomas from the University of Cincinnati dropped 51 on the ECU Pirates, 20 of 27 field goals, 11 of 13 free throws on uh, on last Wednesday, becoming the second player in UC history, men's or women's, to drop 50-plus points in a game. Just her and Oscar Robertson. Her? And, yeah, just her. Omari? Omari Thomas. Omari Thomas. She's a beast off the glass, She's an too. absolute beast. So, I mean, if it's just you and the big O in a category, oh, yeah, yeah. you uh... can see her. She was getting the ball down in the paint. It was it was lunch meat, lunch meat. It was over. Really? She would get the ball, right down, little spin move, two points. Down in the paint, spin move, two points. They had... Zero no answer. Zero answer. The Pirates didn't bring anything to the table. So even in what has been a little bit of a tough season for the Cats, Amari uh, Thomas, an unbelievable player, unbelievable yeah, she's career awesome. at the University of Cincinnati, and a great milestone for her. One of two players at UC for 15 wow. points. That's a good one. Yeah. So guys, uh, you know, we've taken a little break, but uh, great to get back in the saddle. And also thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports on Ohio's birthday. We will be back next week, or at least some of us will be back next week. Josh and I will be back. Zach. We'll be in Tennessee, bitches. On his vacation. But we'll be back to give you all of the updates from Ohio, getting you ready for March Madness. Letting you through what's going on in spring training, calves, jackets, all of it. For Josh on the ones and twos. For Zach on the opinions, I guess. I don't know. I'm the talent, Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Racket Sports, peace.